In today's Body Stories, we are chatting to health blogger, personal trainer and intuitive eating advocate Molly Williams. Molly was recently shortlisted for the Best New and Noteworthy blog at the HBC Health Blog Awards. Molly talks very openly in her blog about her own unhealthy relationship with food and exercise whilst at university, but how she has come a long way since then. She qualified as a PT and now has an online presence that champions an intuitive approach to physical fitness and mental health so that others too can learn about the benefits of a more sustainable, flexible and self-compassionate approach to both food and fitness. Hey Molly, thanks for joining us today. Um, If you could give us a little bit about yourself, tell us who you are and how it is you came to be a personal trainer. Um, so my name is Molly. I um, it feels weird calling myself a personal trainer because I'm not. I'm not currently working as a personal trainer, but I did the qualification um, a year ago. Actually, now I've been qualified for a year, even though I'm only using it now to, like I said, inform my own training and my writing and what I'm sharing online. I think it gives me that extra level of understanding of movement and exercise and the importance of it and how to do it safely. To also then sort of bolster what I'm saying around the whole intuitive movement thing as well and I'm, I'm, I'm basing it on my own experience but also on sort of actual knowledge which for me is really important so yeah that's that's me. So what brought you to intuitive movement as your message then? What, what influenced that? Um, it's been a long old journey if I'm honest. Um, I, I don't really know where to start. I suppose I want to be able to enjoy exercise and I have come through a journey of being really really prescriptive with my exercise and having quite clear goals and things I've been aiming for um, a lot of it based around aesthetics um, and then just coming to realize through following a lot of other people and consuming a lot of other content online around this kind of thing that sometimes that approach to fitness isn't always sustainable and it doesn't always fit in with your lifestyle and I've had so much other stuff happen in my life over the last sort of two three five years that actually pursuing a really prescriptive approach to fitness has been detrimental to like both my mental health and my physical health and so I came to realize that actually I just needed to take take my foot off the pedal a little bit and sort of loosen the reins and be okay with a more flexible approach. I, I'm not a pro athlete. I train because I really enjoy it. And therefore, I don't have a specific goal that anyone else is expecting me to achieve. I was putting that pressure on myself. And I think there's a difference between pushing yourself to do things because you enjoy it, but also then pushing yourself to do things that are beyond your capabilities and you're doing it because you think others are expecting it of you or you think that's what you should be doing um so yeah it's been it's been a long journey to get here but I think now I'm in a place where like I totally appreciate that my motivation to continue training and be in the gym and move my body is because I enjoy it and I want to enjoy it and I enjoy the process regardless of the outcome so it doesn't actually matter if I don't train for a week or more um or if I train every day, if I feel like I need it. And that might be sort of at varying intensities. It might be a walk one day. It might be a proper gym session another day. But regardless of what it is, it's still valid and it still counts. And it's still something that I want to be doing um, rather than feeling like I'm constantly having to sort of strive for progress and hit PBs in the gym and have this really, really sort of defined idea of what fitness 
means um, and kind of finding your own way with it. And that's, that's where I found my joy in exercise now. And that's something that I'm really sort of happy to have, to have found. And how did you make that transition then? What had to happen for you in terms of, did you have to remove yourself from certain environments to do that or remove yourself from certain, following certain accounts? How did you take that shift from that kind of like aesthetic, I train because I must to, I'm going to move in a way that feels right for me today, this week, whatever. I think it largely comes, so I spend a lot of time on social media. My full-time job to kind of explain is in social media. So I am constantly open to that messaging. And obviously I then set up my own social media sort of public following um, that I can talk about my journey to intuitive fitness and intuitive eating. So I had to be really careful and I've learned the kind of accounts that I want to follow that. Like I use Instagram primarily. And I use it as an educational tool more than anything else. Like I've built a lot of connections through Instagram, which I'm really grateful for. But a lot of the time, particularly over the last two years, it's been an education platform for me. And I've been following people who have a lot more expertise in this area, a lot more experience. And I have learned so much from them. And whilst I joined Instagram or I was following people a few years ago who were very much pursuing the whole clean eating, um, like visible abs kind of rhetoric around fitness I have kind of grown with them as they've moved away from that and as their message has changed I I hate the term influencer but you can't help but be influenced by the people that you follow so as I noticed that that was the way I was happy for my own fitness journey to be going I was unfollowing people who weren't also taking those steps to a more flexible approach so really curating my own social media to reflect the fitness and the the body image and the body positivity messaging that I wanted to be seeing um, and if someone started talking about things that I didn't want to be filling my headspace with and were triggering to me and making me think that what I was doing was wrong or was, you know, not the way I wanted to be doing stuff, then I would unfollow them or I'd mute them or I'd look into and really sort of be more critical about what I was spending my time looking at and thinking, okay, why am I finding that triggering? Is that something that I need to work on? Or is that something that I, that is just them and I can unfollow them and it's just not a big deal. And actually, appreciating that like your social media and what you surround yourself with and what you consume be that tv be that books anything is totally in your control so whilst i think my social media maybe has become a bit of an echo chamber of people talking about sort of the non-diet space for me that's what i need that's what i need to be able to stay strong and it is still a journey for me so i do still have days where i think maybe i should go back to sort of you know, watching what I'm eating a bit more, or maybe I should be a bit more prescriptive about the fitness that I'm doing. Like, should I be following a plan and that kind of thing? And then after a couple of days, that kind of goes away and I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing again. So it is a phase and it's this big learning curve that I think everyone has to go through. It's not something that I've woken up one morning and thought, this is how I'm going to do fitness now. Like it has taken me probably three, four years to get to a place where I'm content in what I'm talking about, where I stand on fitness, where I stand on food, and can confidently talk about it to other people in sort of with a more of an understanding, if that makes sense. One thing I would say that really changed my mind, I think it has been, I was definitely influenced by other people, but in a really positive way. Um, and I think had I continued to follow the accounts that are promoting weight loss, that are promoting, I don't know, bikini competitions and all that kind of jazz, like I, I don't doubt it would have taken me far longer to get here and maybe 
never at all and I would still be where I was three years ago and sort of training really hard for hours at a time and that kind of thing so yeah I'm I'm quite happy with where I am now but it's definitely been an environment of my own building I would say yeah I think it's such an important thing to to it's such an empowering thing when people realize that they have control of that mute and delete yeah. button you get to choose you get to decide who you surround yourself with and whether or not those messages are and when you can step outside a little bit and say actually how is that making me feel and I talk a lot with clients about, um, you know, even things like they're going to a particular class and they hate it. I hate that spin class. I always feel like I'm the slowest in the room. I hate the way I come out and I feel like I'm not good enough. And I say, why are you going? <laughs> you know, yeah. you can stop. You can swap that out. You don't have to be there right now. But it's interesting what you said about um, you've noticed a shift a movement in, within some of those voices who previously were quite aesthetic driven to being more flexible. Um, I think that's something, James, would you agree that we're seeing more and more, even with some of the biggest kind of fitness influencers out there? Yeah, massively. Even on the guys, you know, whose bread and butter is turning around 12 week transformations, um, the language they're using is starting to change. Um, you can definitely pick that up across social media, for sure. I don't know if that's something you've noticed, Molly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely still in terms of those sort of 12 week transformation things. And it's actually one thing I stopped doing is not that I did it a lot anyway, but in terms of posting transformation photos, I think there is some, some messaging that comes with any kind of transformation photo that one is better than the other. And I don't think it matters how loud the caption is that it's all about the mental shift and it's all about this like if you're portraying one body next to another and they're different then you are implying that one is better than the other in some way um, and so I made a decision when I started gaining a few more followers on my sort of fitness account on Instagram that I wouldn't I would stop posting them because I just didn't feel that I could stand behind that decision and justify why I was comparing one body type to another even if I was saying a bigger body was better than a smaller body like who am I to say that someone in a smaller body is then wrong for having that body when my body is different like it's just I think taking the focus away from bodies at all is probably the way that things are going um and yeah it can be it can be different to, or difficult to kind of separate that out like I've I've just been writing a piece about um how fitness has been portrayed in lockdown and obviously everything that's been going on since everyone's been working from home or and gyms have been closed and the the hashtag isolation transformation has like blown up online and it just blew my mind I was like how is how is that healthy I didn't know that was a thing Molly I didn't even know that was a trending hashtag that sounds horrible yeah I didn't see that I've seen a lot of the other way a lot of people um, posting quite horrible pictures saying this is me now this is me post lockdown and it'll be someone in a large body or a picture of like a a, a hippo or something it's horrendous yeah. but they'll, yeah. they'll compare that like that is a bad thing if you're going to end up yeah and I think those kind of viral body shaming memes aren't helpful to anyone but yeah the the hashtags are particularly and I think it's just the whole home workout scene at the moment and making people feel like they should be doing more than they are capable of of at the moment be that because they don't have the equipment at home or they don't have the motivation or the time like we're all navigating this in a really really different way um but yeah the the lockdown fitness and co co fit and all of that stuff I'm like this isn't this isn't a a reason to be going out and getting like shredded like this yeah 
diet culture. <laughs> That's just diet one culture. of those. Yeah, so, exploiting, actually, exploiting people at their most vulnerable. There is yeah. nothing more vulnerable than now where people are navigating stress and an emotional roller coaster like no other time and it's almost like it's gone oh there's an in we'll just yeah. you know there's an in and that's that's really depressing but i the point you make about bodies not being on the agenda at all because yeah. i think, I think that's shift there because you know let's be really honest molly you me james we all sit here as thin white privileged people in probably genetically small well but James and I were in genetically smaller bodies I'm assuming Molly you've yeah. been in the same journey so actually for us it's about body neutrality it's about just taking it off the agenda completely yeah that's, I completely that's the day I hope will come <laughs> yes one day I think it'll take us maybe a little bit longer than we think but yeah no I completely agree and it is it's a really difficult line to tread I think because whilst I talk about you know I don't really even try and talk about body positivity because I don't think I, I'm even there yet. I think someone introduced me to the term body neutrality and body acceptance. And I think they're two things that I really try and channel in my own kind of journey with all of this intuitive movement and eating. Like I don't have to love my body every single day, but I respect it enough to look after it. And that means eating in a way that makes me feel good and moving in a way that makes me feel good. And that's not going to look the same every single day. And it's, my body is my body like there's nothing I can do about it this is how I am today and this is how it's happiest so fighting that just isn't it's not worth the mental energy that I've given it in the past and I think that's been really helpful because it does it takes it off the agenda even personally if we're just talking like how you see yourself every single day take your body out of the equation and you suddenly have a lot more headspace to think about everything else like I was putting a post out this morning about how I'm, I've bought a bigger pair of jeans recently. And when I think about how much pressure I would have put on myself to stay a certain size before, because I've equated some kind of personal or moral value to being in a smaller clothes size. But I think about, okay, what have I gained in the last two years since those trousers fit me? You know, none of my friends have stopped being my friends. Like my boyfriend's not left me. None of these things have happened that I assumed would happen when I gained weight. And it was weight that I needed to gain because now I am happier and I'm living a more fulfilling life, I think, because I'm experiencing more, I'm eating more, I'm like quite happy going out for coffee and cake. And, you know, I'm gaining so much um, because I gained weight, but the weight's not, the, it's, it's not about the weight anymore it's like the quality of my life is so much better now than it was three years ago and I think it's those things like taking the body out of the equation and just focusing really on like what you've gained from listening to what you actually need um and yeah I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things that's helped me kind of stick to how I want to be moving forward and it's not always how I am like I, I still have wobble days and I'll second guess my food choices and all of those things but knowing where I want to be going and what path I want to be on kind of keeps me steady in that if that makes sense <laughs> and I love I think it's really it's lovely to hear it's really lovely to hear and for you to be able to say you know the the I've gone up a gene size but look what I gained look what I have and that's what true body acceptance or having a positive relationship with our body is is when negative body thoughts aren't holding us back that we can't go out and live this amazing life 
that you're not saying yes to all those opportunities like coffee with your mates or cocktails with the girls, all those things we're going to do when pandemic's over that because for fear of, you know, gaining weight and actually, you know, that what you've gained is far more, far more valuable for sure. Definitely. So how did this, um, how did your blog come about? When did you decide that you wanted to take what was a very personal experience and share it? Um, great question. I think I set up my Instagram uh, when I started training from or doing my PT qualification. So maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago now. Um, and I think in hindsight, I definitely set it up with a different mindset. Like I wanted to be like a, not a fitness influencer, but like I wanted to be seen as someone who could give good advice on like how to eat flexibly and how to train in a way that they enjoy. And I thought I'd be sharing workouts and all the people that I enjoy following on Instagram and actually what it's become is something really, really different to that. And I'd say it's only been in the last maybe a year to six months that I've kind of settled into what my, what I actually want my message to be that I'm sharing online. Um, the blog itself was just because I cannot keep my captions short. Like I am, I'm so wordy. I just, can't, and sometimes I just need a longer, <laughs> a longer space to share what's in my brain. Um, so it, it was set up maybe 18 months ago the actual physical blog um and it was just a space for me to share more stuff but again i think it was with an ulterior motive to be seen as someone who's sharing really important information online and not just sharing because i loved to talk about it and hopefully would be able to sort of share my journey and since i've made that shift to just sharing what's working for me and my experience and the highs and the lows i've actually got a much like I've connected with a lo loads more people and they seem to be sort of, they're saying engaging, it sounds like I'm using it as a machine, but like the, the message that I'm sharing seems to resonate with people a lot more now that I'm happy just sharing how things work for me, um, which is really important and it's definitely more enjoyable for me doing it this way. It's authenticity, isn't it? I think when we can show our vulnerabilities, we're relatable and we're authentic. You know, us standing and saying, you know, we're advocates of intuitive eating and this is the only way but when even today in this discussion when you've said I'm still work in progress I still have those days where I second guess I still question because we are human and I don't, don't think it matters how long we've been on this journey those days still happen and acknowledging yeah. those is, is part of really bedding it in I think yeah and if I look back to two years ago I always said to myself as well that my social media would never show my face and there's me like two years on like talking on my Instagram stories and filming IGTVs and it's I'm a classic introvert who tries really hard to be an extrovert I think so even doing this kind of video or filming myself on Instagram stories still really freaks me out like the whole world is seeing who I am but actually there's no way that I'd be able to get this message across better than showing the world who I am and um, talking from a place of authenticity and realness and no matter how awkward that might be for me it's I, I find that it's, it's a better way to build connections with people. And although like I'm not sharing to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, the people who are listening to what I'm saying are getting quite a lot from it. And that makes me really happy. I'm very much that classic, like if it can help one person thing, then I've kind of done my job. So yeah, that's I good. Really I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Definitely. Come up against any sort of um, roadblocks or conflict. If you've gone from the way you used to train and you're following like these bikini models, this contest, um, I'm assuming maybe you have some training partners in the gym who are following or, or training friends who are on the same sort of path. When you decided to step off it and pursue this new route, did, how do they receive it? I'd say well. I don't think any, no one's ever questioned me. I've always had a really positive response, particularly on social media, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I didn't share my, my, my fitness. So, so I still have like my personal Instagram, which I've had since I was like 16. So this was like a separate platform and I kept it really separate and really secret for a long, long time. So a lot of the people I've met through Instagram that I now know in real life um, never really knew me before. I feel like there was a weird disconnect between who I was before I moved to Bristol and was doing one thing. And then when I set up my other account and it has kind of, it's evolved with me, but it has definitely been set up in this kind of new approach to fitness. So not many people have seen that crossover. Um, but in terms of sort of my friends that know me in real life, they they know what I'm about now. And I'd say, I don't like, a lot of people do follow me on that account that I know in real life, but I don't try to preach too much to them. They know what I'm about. And I have had people sort of ask me questions and say that it really helps them. And that's kind of enough for me. Um, a lot of my friends don't train in the same way as me either. Like a lot of the reason I set up my blog and was talking about this stuff online is because I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to about it in real life. Um, none of my friends from home are like into the gym in the same way that I am. No one's sort of trained in the same way as me. So the people I know now who do are people I've met through doing my blog and through like engaging with the fitness community in Bristol um, and actively seeking those people out going to make new friends which as an adult is actually really really hard um I, I sort of kept myself to myself for the first year of living in Bristol and then only really in the last sort of 12 months have I pushed that, that boundary a little bit and gone out and found my people and I, I like my people now <laughs> they, they get me we're all on the same wavelength which is amazing because I don't feel like I'm ever having that internal conflict of someone sharing or pursuing something that's really really conflicting with what I want to be doing like people are still pursuing goals the same way that like I want to get stronger in the gym but everyone's doing it from a place of like a really good balance and we can talk and quite openly about when we're struggling or you know things that we've seen online that we'll send to each other and be like look how ridiculous this is and it kind of like boosts each other so yeah it's been really good I think the biggest struggle for me is coming at it from like a personal training perspective um, and having that knowledge and knowing that if I were to go into the personal training space as a prof well, I'd say I'm, I'd say I'm still a professional now, even though I'm not pursuing it as a career, but if I chose to start working as a personal trainer, I think I'd have to work really hard to carve out a space for myself that seemed like I still knew what I was talking about. Cause I feel like sometimes if you're not a PT that's talking about sort of transformations and weight loss, and like how you can make someone look different it can be quite difficult to find your people if that makes sense um but i have always said if i'm ever going to go into work as a pt that would be my message like no diets no weighing just completely body neutral and training for the enjoyment of it whatever that looks like with taking a sort of more sustainable intuitive approach to training 
you don't get to you don't get from a to b as quickly as you would if you were following a really really strict plan because that's the point of the plan it gets you results but i don't know i think i think it goes back to what i was saying before about pushing yourself to do something you really don't want to do but also acknowledging when pushing yourself is actually quite helpful um and just doing so when you feel able and ready to so example I went for a run earlier this week and I live at the top of a really big hill and I hate running up hills I just I, I can't I'm not like a class I'm not a really good runner um but earlier in the week I'd done my run and I stopped at the bottom of the hill because I was like if I run up this hill I will hate life by the time I get to the top and it'll ruin the whole experience for me and up until that point it had been a fairly neutral run you know I, I did it um so I walked the rest of the way and then the most recent run I did I got to the bottom of the hill and I was still feeling okay and although I don't enjoy running up hills I still ran up the hill and I finished my run at the top and I felt so much better for it because I'd achieved this thing that I'd originally come into this run thinking I wasn't going to do. And I think there's, but I only did it because I knew that I had it in me that day. And I think I would have, I, I enjoyed the run more because I pushed myself. And it's like the same on days where I'm not really feeling like training but sometimes I go to the gym, not in the best headspace, but I kind of push myself through because I know at the other end of it, I'm going to be really grateful and really happy that I've done it. Um, and I, I would hope that that's that kind of mentality I could weave into any sort of PT or one-to-one -one coaching that I do and sort of making people understand the difference between those things, like listening to your body and understand when pushing yourself is too much, but also understanding when pushing yourself can actually be really beneficial for like resilience and just mental health generally like getting that mental strength from knowing you pushed yourself through something that you found difficult but coming out the other, other side of it as like a whole person still a win and i think yeah, yeah. That, and i think that's where the blurring of the lines around intuitive movement and intuitive eating happen because there tends to be like this mindset that if you go people who are new to it they think well intuitive eating means i eat what i want when i want and i don't there's they lose the body food congruence message, the message around how do I feel after I've eaten this? Did I have energy when I ate that way? How do I want to feel? All of those things. And it's the same with the movement. There are days when we benefit from, it's really hard to put your running shoes on and it's really hard to go to the door, but you know that at the end of that half an hour, you're going to feel amazing. And that's what you want to get out of it. And that's why it's worth going through those steps of putting your shoes on and getting to the door and standing at the bottom of the hill. So I think there's still some work in the intuitive um, movement eating space about those nuances that I think are, can be a little bit lost in the, I don't know if you you feel the same, you know, sometimes there are, there's the intuitive eating bashers who say, oh, that's it, you just eat cake all day. No, <laughs> that's not what it is. If I want to eat cake, I'll eat cake, but it's not about, eating cake all day in the same way it's not about not doing any movement at all it's not as black and white as that is it yeah I think that's the difficulty isn't it is understanding that people making people understand that sometimes the gray area is okay like it doesn't have to be black and white I've gone through periods of training and eating in a very very black and white way um which is kind of how I've not something I've touched on yet but you know how I've come to be a be happy in how I'm eating and training now because I wouldn't want to go back to how I was eating and training before. Um, but yeah, I think 
I try not to give too much, I say advice on intuitive eating, like I'm still sharing this coming from personal experience and there's a lot of learning and educating that I'd really like to do around it, but I don't have the headspace for that right now with, you know, full-time job and everything else going on as well. So I've learned a lot from reading and following people and sort of trying it out myself. And that's kind of what I try to share. Um, but you are right. I think there's a lot of people who think intuitive eating is a easy and I don't think that's true either because you're unlearning a lot of habits but equally someone was saying to me that they really struggle with intuitive eating because they feel like they're doing it wrong or something that they were saying and I was like the way you're talking about it makes it sound like you're still being really restrictive which may which means you're not eating intuitively so I kind of directed her to go just go and read more about it I like, don't pressure yourself into suddenly eating intuitively because it doesn't happen that way you need to figure out how it works for you in as an individual um so yeah but it, it there's a lot of stuff around you know people think it's just you know eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full that's yeah. intuitive yeah. but actually if that's what you stick to that's as restrictive as anything else so intuitive eating gives that flexibility to also eat when you're full if you want to because it's going to make you feel good like if you want that cookie even though you've just had dinner like that's totally fine um but equally on some days you don't want to do that and that's also fine I think some people will do it easily more easily than others some people will need the professional guidance from someone like yourself and others won't so if you were on if you had a big billboard and you could talk about intuitive movement you could say or you could say anything to everyone in the world what would your billboard say Molly? sounds really cliche but being in a smaller body doesn't make you happier is probably the biggest learning I've personally experienced um having shrunk myself for a number of years and realizing that I wasn't any happier in myself and actually I'm probably happier now that I'm not in that smaller body so pursuing weight loss for happiness is is not a sustainable nor uh, ultimate end Perfect. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much, Molly. How can um, yeah, how can the club members get hold of you? How can we find you on social media? I'm most active on Instagram, so I am Mol M O W L underscore eats and lifts. Although I'm doing a lot less lifting these days because I'm not in the gym, but yeah, Instagram is probably the way to find me, and then my blog is linked. Thank that. you for tuning in, and we hope you have taken something away from listening. Perhaps one small action you can put into practice today. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So pop on over to Reframe Club where you can share them, your own reflections and experiences. We would love to hear from you. As always, here at Reframe Club, we are rooting for you. <laughs>